Blog Talk Radio. down every single sport for you. On Thursday nights from 8 to 10, we are the true voice of the fans, so you know we always win. From hoops to football, the video games, baseball, hockey, the NCAA, we give our side because that's all we know. This is a labor of love. That's why we do this show. From the murder mitten to the sunshine state, we can talk all day about who's great. Give us a call anytime, 760-539-3269. You know if we could, we would do this every day. Welcome to this episode of Sports Q&A. Sports Q&A. Sports Q&A. Sports Q&A. We are the true voice of the fans. Sports Q&A. Sports Q&A. Sports Q&A. We are the true voice of the fans. Oh, there he is. Q? Yes. Oh, there you go. Welcome to another episode of Sports Q and A. I'm Q. And I'm A. And we're in the house April eighteenth, two thousand seventeen, with another episode of Sports Q and A. Before we jump right in with point counterpoint, let's let you know how you can get in contact with us. You can contact us on Twitter at Sports underscore QA. Also, underscore QA underscore preps. Also, follow us on Instagram at sports uh, at sports underscore QA. I had brain fart. <laughs> follow us on Facebook, the Facebook page, the Facebook fan group, and the Facebook account, which is low, L-O-W-E, the letter N, Washington. Follow us. Go to our website. Check out all of our articles, all of the the podcast, everything that we have in between, www.sportsqanda.com. That is www.sportsqanda.com. And last but not least, give us a call tonight, 760-539-3269, What's good in the hood, Q? Not much. Coming off the of Easter Sunday, uh, playoffs started. Baseball is getting into the swing, and we're a little bit more than a week away from the NFL draft. Who is your favorite team going to pick? Will Cleveland mess this draft up again? Will they can't. Four quarter. Hmm? No, I said they can't mess it up. If they do, hey, they we do. hope not. But. What quarterback will be picked that in the first round that shouldn't be? 
could that be all for that they're speculating from various websites? So definitely a good time to be a sports fan. Uh, college football spring games are getting underway. Uh, Alabama, Michigan had theirs this past weekend. Texas had theirs. Ohio State's already had theirs. Michigan State. So just a good time to be a sports fan. You can pay attention but not have to be a diehard and just getting you ready for the spring and the fall that's coming with a – this is a, a big season for a lot of teams in the area, whether it's up there in Michigan or down here in Texas. Right. Well, it's a beautiful thing. It, it, I mean, it's the perfect timing. NFL is kind of in the low on the, on the uh, outskirts of the, the draft. Um, but, you know, NBA playoffs, baseball has started. My team got a winning record. I'm, I'm, I'm all right like that. Today's Mickey's birthday. Happy birthday. He celebrated by hitting a 451 shot, uh, foot shot. Uh Slow start, but he's uh, he's on. We'll get into baseball a little bit later, not in this show, but later on in in the year. <clears throat> Excuse my uh, nasalness in my voice. I have something going on. Sinuses, sinus infection, cold, something. So I'm heavily medicated. So if I start talking loopy, just blame it on the scissor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's go into point counterpoint. Uh, NBA, like we mentioned, the NBA playoffs is upon us at this point in time. Game twos are being played today. Um, actually, some really good basketball for the most part being played. Some real interesting matchups. But everywhere the question is going in everyone's head right now is Cleveland. Cleveland, and I'm not even going to use this term. Some people stumbled into the playoffs. They didn't stumble into the playoffs as a number. Uh, as a number two seed. Um, but they didn't run away with the East like most people thought. Um, at the end of the day, Cleveland was the favorite to win it after they beat Golden State last year. They were the favorite. They still, people feel they're still the only team that could beat Golden State. But the question is, can Cleveland get out of the East? I mean, Cleveland has been stumbling and bumbling and, and just getting by. Uh, all those good things. In my opinion, I think – the Cavs are ripe for the picking, and I, and I think that for a couple of reasons. I think the first reason is you're coming off that championship high. Uh, LeBron, I, this statement is going to sound crazy. LeBron is, is spoiled by being in the finals. Yes, he's chasing uh-huh. Jordan. Yes, he does that, but he's been in the finals so many times, and that hunger and desire to keep it up, you can just tell by some of his comments this 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 season, his comments about how who cares about this play this regular season game, we going we going for championships. Uh, which is true to an extent, but once again it's it is disingenuous to the fans who support you uh un, you know, unconditionally. But I just think that through them resting through injuries, through just bringing in a hodgepodge of players that are veterans that, you know, are past their prime but still can can uh, contribute, that they're not necessarily functioning at, at, at full throttle. Now, the East is better than what I thought it would be this year. I, I still think that 
if you catch Cleveland in the situation where you can take advantage of some of their, to me what I feel is their weak point is down low, then you have an opportunity to surprise them and possibly stun them. Um, because they're not necessarily a great shooting team. They kind of will themselves to get it done. I don't see LeBron ha- uh, being able to, and this is just me, being able to take that run or make that run that he he typically has had before as being the all-everything, I have to average 35, 15, and 8 to win the games. And they, Cleveland may put him in this position. How much does he trust Kevin Love? Kyrie showed what he can do as the Robin or the the Michael Keaton Batman to the to the uh, Christian Bale. But the thing is, is that can they put it all together? And my question, and the thing is, it brings in the question to me that last year, and I was surprised by it and being able to do it, is a coach Tyrone Lue. Yes, Tyrone Lue was, was a was a at least a ten year vet. More than that, I believe. I just question at the end of the day, getting in a situation where you're playing chess, and I'm not even talking about Steve Kerr. I'm talking about a possible situation with with Pop. You know, I still don't view him as one of the top tier coaches. He just has top tier talent. And so with that, I think I'm not predicting it, but I'm saying that Cleveland is right for the picking. Um, so we'll see how that plays itself out. But I think they're right for the picking. No, I'm not hating on LeBron because LeBron will carry the team win or lose. But once again, I've seen this before, teams playing to the talent that they have, a la the Pistons, a la other teams trying to turn it on and turn it off. And at one point in time, that starter and that engine not going to click and you're going to be stuck in, in, in park. So, that's my point. Yeah. That's good and all. And I, I see where you're trying to go, but the one thing that you said as far as their potential Achilles heel being facing a down a down low post-present team that has a big men or two that they can throw at them, where is that team in the East? Um, I'm looking at this Boston-Chicago series. Robin Lopez. And Nikolai uh, Miritich, no. Amir Johnson and Al Horford, no. Washington, maybe Gortat. Um, there's nobody coming out of the East that has enough of a, a enough big men up front that can also have someone at that three at that three position or maybe that four position that can handle LeBron because even with this team operating or underachieving, they're still, when it comes down to a, a, a five, six, seven-game series, they know how to get it done. Uh, and I think that's the difference in the regular season and the postseason. These are teams you're facing one time, unless it's a back, one of those crazy back-to-backs. You hop on the plane or they hop on the plane and you head to the next team. The, the game planning isn't the same. The the attention to detail isn't the same. But in these series, I'm seeing these players 
three, four, five times, I know I can tell from that first game, okay, he's favoring this, or he's not, his jumper isn't falling, so he's going to overcompensate. So let me see how I'm going to approach him in the next game or the next game. You can make those adjustments that can change the series quickly. I mean, we're looking at it now even with this uh, um, Toronto-Milwaukee series. Milwaukee came out like game busters the first game, and now Toronto has figured some things out. Kyle Lowry has gotten a lot better uh, from what I, the, the brief thing that I saw. And a side note, I hate the fact that they're showing these games on NBA TV knowing everybody doesn't have that channel but that's a different rant for a different day. Um, but <clears throat> I just think that Cleveland has enough in LeBron, Kyrie, and even a three-quarters of Kevin Love to get it done because nobody until they face uh, Golden State or San Antonio in the finals has what it takes to, to push them to that edge. So, yeah, they're coasting. Yeah, they're uh out there that A student that knows I got a hundred percent in the class. Even if I get a B on this test, I'm good. That's what they're doing. Now, when they get to the final test, they know okay, I gotta study because this is a culmination of everything I've been working school year. They figure I can I can get by and I'll be all right. And I, that's that's the Cleveland that's the Cleveland Cavaliers for you. And and if this was the pitch, if this was in the same time period of the Pistons going to the finals, Eastern Conference finals consecutive years, and they have, them having to face Indiana with Reggie Miller, uh, New Jersey with uh, Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, uh, all those guys, then maybe because you have multiple teams that you had to worry about. Right now, as I've been saying, no team scares me in the East outside of maybe Washington. And that's because of the way uh, Bradley Bill is playing, the way John Wall has established himself as, and I'm going to say it, and people may not agree with me, the best guard in the East, the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. And you look at the better twin out of, with Marquise Morris, he gave them 21 points, and that's the guy that they have to contend with. So unless it's a uh, – Washington Cleveland Finals, and I don't know which side teams. This not, I'm not looking at it to see what side East team uh, is on, on to even figure out if they can match up in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the only competition I see. Yeah, I mean that, and that's the one thing. The East is not tough, and I think teams like Boston, who next year may be exponentially better, depending on what draft pick they get. Um. And Washington, who I think next year will be that year that they take that big step. Um, and Toronto, to me, the Toronto is the wild card. I mean, they got there. They got a taste of, of beating Cleveland on the big stage. And now what are they going to do? Did they get learn enough lessons to, to get through? To me, the one thing about the Cleveland is, to me, Cleveland is really like uh, like their uh, – like a and it's funny me being an administrator in high school. It's like a senior who know, like you said, I got a hundred pass so I can coast. I ain't got to study for this test. It's like a senior that know they're gonna graduate. They're senioritis. Come to school once or twice a week, just enough to make sure you keep your grades above the Mason Dixon line, and you're good to go. 
other than that, you can check out and you ready for whatever is the next the next the next thing. And then oh oh well, I'll, I'll get it ready when when I go to college. It's the same thing. Once again, it's a new day. Once once I'm not even gonna say it's a new day. I think it's a new uh, paradigm of of how fans can look at the NBA because this could these type of things definitely could have happened when we were growing up watching the NBA in the 80s and 90s. It was just never presented in this manner. Guys didn't sit out, but we didn't necessarily know if they were giving that full effort, you know, all the time. But because everything is 24-7, it's the assumption like, hey, they're taking the day off, they're doing blah, 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 blah. I don't know. To me, in my eyes, watching basketball as a fan of the Pistons, I don't ever remember Isaiah Thomas missing the game unless he was injured. That was in my mind. Now, if I go back and look at the the his records, then it may be something different. But so once again, I think it may be the perception. It doesn't bode well for the NBA as a product because now, fan, you know, when it comes to, and once again, it's playoffs time, so ain't nobody sitting in the playoffs unless they hurt. But just the overall, because there's no way where you should say, well, the the regular season doesn't matter. And I've heard people kind to kind of uh, lean lean the scale in that matter that that's what these players are doing, saying that the regular season or devaluing the regular season by taking off and everything else. But at the end of the day, as an NBA fan, not a fan of your team, would you rather the best players on each team be able to play and get air all in the playoffs or in the regular season game? And the pl- I, mean, I would assume the playoffs you unless to. you – yeah, you uh-huh. have to say the playoffs, but as a fan that is tuning into these games or even a fan that's going to these games, I want to be able to see the stars. If I'm in Dallas and uh, Boston is coming into town, I want to be able to see Isaiah Thomas play, especially because of the East-West home-and-home series. This is my only chance to see them. God forbid there's a situation where, I mean, Say when he does decide to hang it up. Dirk Whiskey goes on the East Coast swing and misses a game against the Knicks because he's resting. How That's sacrilegious. You don't play in your last opportunity to play in the Garden because, oh, how the schedule lines up. This is his day to get a rest. And I think that's where they could alleviate some of these issues by my, the guys may not have to play the full game, but play 15 minutes. Play 20 minutes. You may not have to get your your full allotment of playing time. Play no, <laughs> play something. Mm-hmm. These people are selling. <laughs> these people are selling out hundreds of dollars for these tickets to be disappointed because it's not for necessarily the home team they want to see. It's these premium stars on these other teams. And these arenas are charging premium prices for these matchups. And now you're saying, okay, I play, I shelled out twenty, thirty extra dollars to see LeBron, and LeBron's not playing. Can I get my money back? Can I get my the difference between the premium ticket and the regular ticket back? And I guarantee these arenas and these teams are gonna say, too bad, too too bad, so sad. And that's not fair to the fan. Definitely not fair to the fan at all. Um, 
And the thing is, is that with each team, I mean, each uh, franchise being their own business, they can charge whatever they want. I mean, it would be a good PR. It's not going to hurt their pockets that much if you're going to say, hey, you can't do premium seats, but they do it in college. Ohio State game is going to cost more than than the Indiana game. Michigan State going to cost mm-hmm. more than the Purdue game. It's just it's just how it is because they don't – but here's the thing, the ironic thing. It's not like at least – and I use Michigan, which probably is a bad example of the premium pricing because they're going to sell out regardless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whereas other places, the premium city – it's going to have you a sellout where you may not normally have a sellout because they want to come see you in Michigan or Ohio State. And then it allows you to make more money. So, I mean, I understand the premise. I mean, it's it's business. I, I understand it fully. But it's just, you know, what you – Well, end, do you have a business without the fans? And I think that's what no, my issue wouldn't. is. And you have you to – And it, this is the thing. You mentioned it and. It's something that I never looked like. If I went to a Pistons game, first I was just happy to go to a Pistons game because I, I didn't wasn't able to go to too many growing up. But um, I never went to go see another team. I always went to see my team. And now you have a different type of fan that I can live in Detroit and be a fan of Steph Curry. And you have more people who are fans of players than fans of teams, which – they're probably more good players than there are good teams in general. Uh, so I I can understand that premise. I just don't understand how you can be a fan. Cause, I mean, I've, we saw it with LeBron going from Cleveland to Miami back to Cleveland, how the fans jumped with them. And I can understand that. When you look back, I probably were fans of other players who were not on my squad when they weren't playing my squad. Like Magic, James Worthy, uh, Dr. J. I can name some players that I was fans of their play, but I wasn't a fan of them. So, I mean, I, I think understand. that's what the difference is. Mm-hmm. You weren't, I think, and I, I can say it for myself, I rooted for certain players if they weren't playing my team, but I wouldn't consider myself a fan of them. Like Tim Hardaway was a guy that I rooted for when he played for Miami and Golden State. Jalen Rose, because of the Michigan ties. These were guys that I had their jerseys um, and took interest in, but I wasn't a – when I say fan, I'm talking about fanatic. I'm going to games. I'm going through – I'm trying to do all I can to see these guys play live. And that's not – that wasn't me. I rooted – if the game came on TV, if they were on TV, I watched it but I wasn't going out of my way. And I think whereas now you have, there's a there's a, a riff in between, there's a split between some. You have a lot of LeBron fans, and then you have a lot of people that respect his game and who he is as a player. So they kind of, oh, I tune into this Cleveland game since nothing else is going on because he cool. I'm, LeBron is cool with me. I ain't got no problem with him. That's, and I think but they'll probably never buy a jersey. They'll probably never buy a ticket if their hometown has an NBA team to see him play, whereas that fan is going out of his way to get tickets, uh, probably is trying to go to Cleveland for the flip side of the game to see 
the the hometown team play them and all that stuff. Yeah, and if people, uh, if you're listening, I did when I mentioned players that I respected their game and all that. I did not mention Jordan because I wasn't a fan of Jordan. I was a Pistons, uh, you know, I was a Pistons fan. I respect his game after he retired. There's a lot of players like that. I respected their game after they retired. But I'm ride or die. You won't get too many more ride or die uh, fans than I am with my home teams. I ain't a slappy. I'm a ride or die. Though. Except for probably the Red Wings. But I kind of checked out on hockey a couple of years ago. It's kind of boring. But I think that was. Well, it may be different. For me, I checked out because they took once once ESPN lost that contract to show games, it lost me because there was – I didn't know what channel, and then they went through that uh, merry-go-round of what channel the games were on. Uh, was it FX or this channel or that channel? Uh, NBC and this affiliates have finally picked it up and brought some stability to it. Like right now – they're showing the playoffs on CNBC. It's like it's still hard. Who knows what that channel is? So you'll remember, oh, man, the game was on because you get the alert on your phone, but you're not really checking for it, whereas let the Pistons be in the playoffs. Even like last year, I wasn't missing mm-hmm. the Pistons playoff game. Um, that, I mean, and football is different because it's once a week and it's isolated, so you can kind of build yourself around it. But even with the Tigers. You weren't missing playoff baseball if the Tigers were involved. Right. That's true. You you were you were glued into it once again, but that's when sports were more regional and local. I mean you right. can in very few markets is a professional team on the local channel. I think New York may be one of those channels, one of those one of those markets, but very few. I mean, I could say, hey, the the uh, the uh, thing on Pistons just come on channel fifty, the Tigers just come uh-huh. on channel four, Lions just right. come on channel two. We kn- you knew what it was, so <laughs> it, was, right. it was a given. It was a given, so. Uh, but once again, that's like I said, it was more regional and local than anything else. Now it's overload, so you really can't, not can't, really don't kind of focus on everything. I mean, you don't focus on the entity. Like I will be glued to it, but now I know I can watch the highlights all day long. I mean, these kids. I mean, this generation don't know about Sports Center. Sports Center come on at eleven, and then it plays the same Sports Center all the way till like eight, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Right. And I used to watch each one. That was me. And there was no NBA TV. There was no NFL Network to kind of get a different perspective or a more in depth perspective. You had to. This was you, they gave you. I mean, outside of your local news, giving you the the real generic overview of. Or what happened in sports tonight? Oh, the the Bulls beat the Celtics. They just quit the score and the leading score at the and it all bunched into one screen. That's all you got. And you, you had the hope that ESPN took it a little bit further, got the interviews or talked to the people that you wanted to hear about. But right now, everybody has access to everything, whether it's even with 
us right now covering the sports, it's not us being at the games. We know someone that's covering the game. I, I, I'm cool with a guy that's covering Oklahoma City. So I get insights. I get the interviews. I get the access that not even the, the, the local outlets are giving. He's interviewing players before the game. He's interviewing players after the game. And it's like, okay, now I don't have to watch ESPN to still find out what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a different type of sports environment, but the the competition is still, you know, the same on that same level. So you can get it however you want to. It, uh, and, I, I mean, I like certain aspects, but like you said, I, I never really looked at the NHL and when ESPN lost that contract, and I don't even know why NBC even bid, took the bid for it, got it. Because you split it on two channels and half the people don't have the other channel. I mean, hell, growing up, I used to watch it on uh, CBC. Right. <laughs> so, Hockey Night in Canada with Don Cherry. But once again. You get an extra game. Exactly. You get the Red Wings game on the local Detroit channel. And then depending on how things worked out, you might get a, a Maple Leafs game, a Canucks game, or a. Canadians game on CBC, and it, 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 it exposed you to certain things. Whereas now, like you said, everything is everything. You get to you get to see so much. Even going back to baseball, our childhood involved WGN and CBS, the Superstation, and that's how for me I can I can only speak for myself. That's how I became uh, I, I watched the Braves closely, not only because of their Overabundance of black players, but their games came on TV. They their games came on cable, so I I knew okay if the Tigers weren't playing, let me see if the the Braves are playing. If the Braves weren't playing, hmm, maybe the Cubs or the White Sox are playing because of WGN. Whereas and these are the local stations. Whereas now it's like unless you have a premium package that to get you the the Major League Baseball. Uh, MLB Network or the NBA Net, uh, TV, you're missing some of these games that you used to get, which is causing a disconnect. I mean, you have people that, I guess the the balance is for those who get the NBA package, the NHL package, the, the baseball package, well, why should I have to pay for it? Why should I have to pay that much more for something that used to come at a, at a basic cost to me as a cable uh, uh having cable. So it's just it's it's crazy. Yeah. But we kinda creeped over to the eight past our eight thirty mark to eight thirty one. We're gonna hear quick quick quickly from our sponsors and then we'll be right back. This half hour sports Q and A has been brought to you by Crush Media Group, Progressive Greek, Next Step Mentoring, Ticket Wave and fan siding. All righty. <laughs> Tuesday, April the 18th, 8.31 p.m. You're listening to Sports Q&A. Give us a call at 760-539-3269. That is 760-539-3269. So, <clears throat> we know the NFL draft is just around the corner, 
be on the lookout for our mock draft coming out. We'll reveal it next week. The NBA draft, this is the time where all of the collegiate players make the determination whether they're going to make that big step. Are they going to stay in school and develop more, or try to win the championship, or will they go ahead and test their fate and see where they land in the, in the NBA? And if you're not a diehard NBA fan, and you're thinking, well, hey, I should go because if I get drafted, I'm good. The only guaranteed money is first-round money. The only big-time money is lottery money. So if I'm not a lottery pick, I'm outside that, it's a significant drop. If I'm not a first-rounder, my contract is not guaranteed. Uh, That's the harsh reality of the NBA. Well, we still have, I think, a couple more days before players have to uh, have to uh, announce whether they're going to declare for the draft or not. Of course, you have players who still have the ability. Actually, early entry deadline is the 23rd, so the end of this week. Uh, anyway, end of the beginning of next week. <clears throat> and uh, after the NBA draft combine, which is May 9th through the 14th, players have 10 days from there to determine whether they're going to stay in or not. So we have players in two different categories, those that, who have who plan or have already signed with the agent and those who are still undecided. Um, so, I mean, this looking at this list, uh, and I probably hadn't paid more, as much attention to the list as I did this year, because there are just two, there are two players from Michigan that I had declared early. Um, that was surprising because in the past the Michigan players declaring early weren't to me. Um, but this list, looking at this list, reminds me of how I look used to look at the list of the high school players that were declaring for the draft. It was a long list, and there are sixty spots. Six zero that guarantees you to get the contract. If you were a player, Quinn, what would it take? And you can include family influence and things in there. What would it take for you to declare early for the draft, whether it's freshman, sophomore, or junior? What would it take for you to declare early? Um, for me, it would have to take the, the understanding from my circle and people that I respect and them having influence from people that have ties to lead and saying that I'm guaranteed, if not lottery pick, within the first top twenty picks. If I'm like if I'm a if I'm a freshman going into my sophomore year, I gotta be top twenty pick. Um that number for a junior kinda pushes back to maybe even just a first round pick. But if there's no guarantee or there's no conversation of me being a first-round pick at any stage, I'm going back. I mean, I understand the money or the the whole we didn't go to school to play. We didn't go to school, college to go to school. We went to play our sport a la, um, some, uh, who was it, the quarterback from 
um, Ohio State. I can't think of his name right now. I'm drawing the oh. Um, uh, Cor, uh, Cordell, I mean, Cardell. Yeah, Cardell Jones. Yeah, Cardell Jones. But it's, it's too much of a risk to end up languishing in the D League, having to go overseas and improve yourself if you're not a guaranteed first round pick. Now, yeah, we know the stories. We've seen the, the Draymond Greens turning the the Manu Ginobili's turn in the second round, all-stars and all that stuff, but the chances are as good. When you look at this class being a, a loaded class, like right now, I just counted off, of, and this is updated as of today, of the 60 guys that, or how many guys that declared, 30 have already signed with agents. So, and I guarantee all 30 of them aren't going to be first-round picks. Because you have guys like Melo Trimble from uh, Maryland, who I think he actually should have, he'd have been better off leaving after last year compared to this year. Um, and then you have Isaiah Briscoe, once again, another guy that should have left after his freshman year. And this is a name that if you paid attention to the, the – the NCAA championship that really surprised me behind uh, an agent is Zach Collins, the, the big man from Gonzaga. Uh, he really didn't, he's severely underweight as a center and really didn't show much outside of getting outside of falling out in that game for being NBA ready. I can see putting your name in the hat, and I have no problem with players being evaluated to see where they stand. But to say, okay, I'm in and I'm out. Here's I got my agent, and you're not guaranteed or you're not confident from your circle that you're going to be a top 25 pick. And, and what I forgot, this this list does not even include the international players. So right. that's easy. That's 30 that signed with agents. Factor in maybe 10 to 15 more foreign players that could be considered for at some point in the draft, that's 45 to 50 players that are in the draft. And when you look at a guy like Mo Wagner and B.J. Wilson, that they finished the season on the high note, did pretty well, but they have a lot to, a lot left to kind of develop as players, why not go back? I mean, I'll say, just whether you being completely done with school and you're over it and you're over that process, then okay. But you have, like, Wagner is in a perfect situation. Even if he doesn't get drafted, he can go back overseas because him, him being from Germany allows him to go back overseas and pretty make some pretty decent money. He's not from here. He wasn't. He's not even a player that, oh, came from Germany as a, a youngster and played some significant time in the U.S. before picking Michigan as a school. <clears throat> he, came to, he came from Germany and enrolled in Michigan, and that was it. So he can go back home and play for $750,000 a year in the, in the overseas and be set for life and never have to see the NBA again. Whereas you got some of these other guys that, you don't want to. You don't want to take that trick of playing in 
Iran, playing in France, playing in China, bouncing around making 76 figures, but you're dealing with the language barrier. You're dealing with the distance. That's not the life that you want. But, I mean, these guys are taking advice from somewhere, and it's not always the best answer. Yeah, it, I mean, you look at at this, and I, I would really think for me to leave early, you said top 20. I mean, I would really have to be hearing no nothing higher than 15. Uh, I mean, you look at Mo Wagner uh, and uh, <clears throat> ESPN's latest uh, mock draft, I think, they have him like at twenty four, and they had DJ at twenty nine. Anything can happen. Players can drop. International players can jump up, and then knock you out that that round. And then, and once again, I look at this list again, and I'm not going to get back on my anti NBA bandwagon, but. This speaks volumes on why the NBA has a, a an issue with the the play of the game, and it, it just comes from the point of that they're going on athleticism and potential over um, I would say over fundamentals. And I was use this as a perfect example. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago regarding uh, when I played in the student staff game, came out of retirement. Uh, we lost 53 to uh, 50. But while we were – oh, you know what? It wasn't there. It was when I was practicing with Kappa Leaguers for their tournament, and we were playing the game of 21, and I was shooting fadeaways and, and hitting bank shots and – just I was facing people up from my spot, and uh, and he and and one of my capital leaguers said, "Well, you know, that's the difference." He said, "Being your fundamentals, but we 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 deal with athleticism, so you cannot shoot free throws. You cannot know how to shoot a jumper. If I can get to the hole and score six out of ten times or five out of ten times, and it was kind of eye opening because that's what they look at." They don't look at the well-rounded player, the player that can do everything, and that's why those type of players stand out so much above and beyond other players because most players are one to two two players. I'm a three-point specialist, um, penetration, I dribble, I can dunk. You know, you rarely you get that combination of people that can do it all or do three or more uh, 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 have three or more tools to within the game. And I look at this list, and you look at this, and you're going to say, okay, how many guys are going to reach this potential? Yeah, I know seniors won't reach potential too at times as well. But to me, the sample size, the sample size of a multiple size, yeah, and you mentioned Melo Trimble. Yeah, his, staff, his draft stock dropped. Uh, but he was on a much better team before. Now, was it because he was asked to be a bigger role? Yeah, they had some injuries. 
It could have been any number of things that caused that. But then I also look at uh, uh, look at like a player like Swanigan. Swanigan, double double machine. What do you have? Twenty six, twenty eight double doubles. Yeah. He's not even, he's not even projected to be a first round pick. Now, now, granted, you was he he you, you, he's not undersized. He has low post moves. Once again, but that's not the to... NBA that they right. want. They don't want right. to. And we talk about it, the the ability to go down low. And what you were saying as far as with Cleveland, their Achilles heel is a post-up big man. Well, the NBA doesn't want that. You look at who they're considering for these positions, even with – and I think this is why Wilson and Wagner are even really considering it because they fit that stretch four. They're guys that can dribble. They're, they're six, six, nine, six, ten, six, eleven guys that can dribble create their own shot, and also hit a three. Can they play defense? No. Can they uh, play the – can they go in the post? Not really. But the NBA figures, oh, we can teach them that. But I'm like, that's an expensive internship for half these guys that you're going to either have them languishing on the bench or in some podunk town playing in the D-League. And it's like, okay, where well, you could have stayed within your your system, got stronger, you had a support system with your your, your current coaches, your uh, you knew the strength coach, you knew the, the routine that you had to establish, and you can grow from there. Whereas I, last, I think when I was going to Paris, we saw a couple of guys that played for the D League traveling somewhere. It was like three of them. It wasn't even the whole team. It's like, dude, how is that? How is this the way you? want to live, like you're traveling on your, basically on your own dime, trying to find a way of getting there and hoping somebody notices you. Yeah, that's a tough road. Where you can stay and at least show that you can do it at a higher level. And people have, I mean, once again, it's all about perception. I mean, you look at, at Collins, like you you mentioned Collins. Collins, a player that's trending up, upwards. Um. It, it's a diff- his situation is a different situation now. Look like at Trey Burke. Trey Burke he couldn't do anything else other than than not than not get the foul called on him against Silver. You know what I'm saying? In his right. It, it was nothing else that he could do. It was nothing else he had to prove. He could not get higher than what he was as far as draft pick or his stock. But you look at other players where it's like the potential. He can do that. He can do this. And I'm like. Dude, you the potential to do this. Like, here's the thing: all these, all the owners are businessmen. If you, the businesses that got you your money prior to NBA, would you invest in a person with this potential and not experience as much as experience, or a potential to do one of the, the five things you need them to do instead of all five? I think not. But again, right. it's like it, it, the, I think the biggest thing is. The entertainment value of NBA now reigns supreme over anything else. So it's somebody I can market. It's somebody I can I can make the face of the franchise. It's somebody that can put seats uh, butts in the seat. All those things. That that's kind of where it's looking at and what their focus is. And you can just tell. I mean, about a third of the league, if that. 
is competitive and focus on attempting to better themselves on the, on the court. The other, it's all about branding and packaging this this experience instead of the play. And now, I think that's we're talking uh-huh. the draft, but I got to ask you a question. Um, it still pertains to the NBA. Knowing that you have the opportunity to land the number one pick overall because of you fleeced the hell out of uh, Brooklyn, if you were Danny Ainge in Boston, would you have tried to move that pick for a veteran like maybe a uh, a Jimmy Butler or someone that, that, that could have played the three and helped you right now and definitely over the next two or three years as you make this championship run? Or are you going to stand packed and hope you get the number one pick, hope you find a talent that fits what you need and they develop to, into your system? Me, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a known versus unknown person. If I, if it's a right. known commodity, and I can take advantage of that, I'm taking it. So if I can get Jimmy Butler for this, this number one pick, sure, I'm taking it because I know what he can bring. I know what he can do. At the end of the day. There is a, a a learning curve that that players come into, all players, even the great players. I don't think anybody's predicting the, the, the next LeBron, the next Jordan, the next whoever. They're not transcendent players. None of these guys right. are transcendent players. They could be very good, even with Lonzo Ball. They're the, they're making the Jason Kidd comp, uh, comparisons, but <clears throat> Jason Kidd took some time to become Jason Kidd once he got to the pro. It wasn't a, a instant superstar type player. It wasn't a day one. This guy is going to take over the league. So I think that's where you really have to realize: if I can get something that I know is eighty-five and above, why take this chance on the guy in all his unknown and unknown baggage? And I'm ex- we're talking basketball, but I'm extending this to football. The whole situation with Cleveland and that number twelve pick. In New England with Jimmy Garoppolo, do you make the trade? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. I, I, yes. Because at the end of the day, that sample again, that sample size is too small. I, if I can get, if I can convince somebody that this guy is going to be the answer for you, fine. If he's the answer for you, that's even better. But if I can extend my window. If I'm the Patriots, I'm looking from the Patriots side. If I can extend my window, yeah. And I, I can and make my defense. Because you know at the end of the day when quarterbacks age, the one thing that keeps them going longer is weapons, but the other thing is a good defense. So if right. I make my defense better, I'm taking it all day. And the situation you're looking at it is there's no guarantee. With Garoppolo, the situation is crazy because he's a free agent next year. So there's no right. guarantee that he's – now you run the risk of losing him for nothing. And it's like, okay, I could have gave him up, got the 12th pick, got a talent, and I still have Jacoby Brissett. And I think that's where the determinant factor comes in. Does Bill Belichick see him as a capable option as a backup? And 
If he doesn't, that's why he's holding on to Jimmy G, and he hopes something changes between now, the regular season starting, and the end of the 2018 season. Because there's no way. If Cleveland came knocking, I wouldn't make that trade. Should I? Shoot, if I went, if I was Cleveland, I went to Denver and offered it for uh, either Trevor Simeon or uh, Paxton Lynch. It's a done right. deal because at least you know those two guys have played in the NFL, whereas we don't know what we're getting with uh, Mitch Trubisky, and they're calling him the best prospect, and he's played one season. We don't know what we're getting with uh, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, uh, even somebody with Patrick Mahomes, because that guy, wow, I'm sorry to hijack this right quick. He's jumping up the board, but he's played in that passing, that pass-happy system of Texas Tech. So is he a guy that's a system guy, or is he or is he just good because he has all the tools? We don't know. We've been there before with all these these Baylor quarterbacks, these Texas Tech quarterbacks, these high-octane high offense quarterbacks that all they do is know how to throw the ball and nothing else. I mean, even with uh, Deshaun Watson, there's questions because some people feel, oh, he only knows how to throw three passes. And despite the fact that he torched Alabama for two consecutive years, won the national championship, there's questions. So this is a guy that is arguably one of the most decorated quarterbacks in recent history, and there's questions. So why would you take a chance when you know at least Jimmy G is a pro? He's played in the NFL. He knows how to do professional things whether it's the, the, the film study, the preparation, the game prep, all that. We don't have to worry about that because he's been a pro for the last two or three years. Whereas these other guys, we don't even know if they could, if we put the playbook in front of their face, and whether they're going to have a, uh, a nervous breakdown or they're going to be able to dissect it. And that's right. the thing with even this whole bringing it back to the Boston situation. There are so many aspects of being a professional athlete that people don't consider. The travel, the, the financial responsibility, the, the obligation. And if you're telling me I'm putting the, the one or two more keys to my franchise in the hands of an 18, 19-year-old that still doesn't know how to balance a checkbook and may not know how to cook, but I want him to be able to play 82 games Avoid the the rookie wall and all that stuff. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, and that's um. Yeah, you can't. I could. I wouldn't do it. I mean, you gotta have. So I mean, you would. You would think when it comes to building these things. Granted, the numbers have to fit, and that's the other thing. It's that balance of the numbers, or the contracts and the years, and the cap hits, and all that. But at the end of the day, you can't try to convince yourself or a fan base that you can win without a quarterback. I mean, in our time frame, I'm trying to think of quarterbacks, teams that won without a quarterback, and not without a quarterback, but without the quarterback kind of leading their team is the Ravens, and who else? Tampa Bay? Yeah. That's it. But even then, they did enough. Right. They still – I give Brad Johnson credit because they, I mean, 
you still had to win games. Because we've seen quarterbacks, talented or not, lose games. So you still had to do enough to do your job despite what the, the defense set you up to do. You still had to put points on the board. You still had to run, uh, extend drives, run the clock, and all that stuff. So it's still nothing that's – it's not like they just sat, sat on the sideline holding the clipboard and they just were handed victory. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where – and this is why it, it baffles me when people want to focus on individual, individuals, specifically uh, quarterbacks, it's a team game. You win as a team. I don't care whether you're uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Stafford, Brock Osweiler. You win as a team. And all these teams that had success, it wasn't just the quarterback. I mean, look at – everybody looks at Tom Brady in New England. Oh, it's Brady. No. They had one of the top defenses in the NFL this year, and people didn't pay attention to that. They had one of the top-scoring defenses in the NFL. So when it came time to shut teams down, they knew how to. For them to be able to go 3-1 and one without Brady, it wasn't because of the quarterback. It was because of that defense. When you look at um, Green Bay, why? No, I take it even further. New Orleans. Why hasn't uh, Drew Brees been able to play a lot better or the Saints haven't been able to do what they need? Because their defense has been poor. It's been a seed. Despite Drew Brees passing for 5,000 yards, 30, 40 touchdowns a season, the defense has given up 5,000 yards, 30, 40 touchdowns a season itself. So now you're in a, a shootout, and, and each year they're trying to find some way of rectifying that problem. They thought it was the coach, the defensive coordinator, got rid of him, and it didn't change last year. So what now is – and until they figure that out, Breeze will have a, uh unfortunate end to his NFL career despite winning the Super Bowl. This is going to be a guy that they look at like, oh, he could accomplish so much more if he had a defense. Whereas you look at other teams, oh, he didn't do the, the team. The, the team were successful or wasn't successful because of this quarterback. Nah, I mean Lions fans. We've been dealing with that for the past eight nine years. You want to blame Matt Stafford, but he's had one one thousand yard rusher his entire career. One def- two years of having a decent defense. Maybe one and a half seasons of having an above average offensive line. This guy can't succeed with that. No quarterback can succeed with that. But that's the fan expectation, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's college football, uh, you should be able to overcome these things no matter what, and it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Uh, It's definitely chess and not checkers. If you treat it as the opposite, then it's checkmate. And a lot of franchises are – being checkmated right now. But with that, we've hit the 9 o'clock hour. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back on the other side. This half-hour sports Q&A has been brought to you by Crush Media Group, Progressive Greek, Next Step Mentoring, Ticket Wave, and Fan Siding. 
Welcome back to Sports Q and A. It is Tuesday, April eighteenth, two thousand seventeen. It is nine o'clock PM. Genocide, eight eight o'clock in Central Time. Uh Give us a call, 760-539-3269. That is 760-539-3269. We're going to actually still stay in the realm of uh, amateur status uh, athletes when we're looking at something that is really bizarre and sparks a conversation we hope to ha- we ho- had hoped to have further insight from probably the least heard of uh, stakeholder in this whole type of situation, uh, but that'll be later on. But five star recruit Kevin Knox was offered one point four billion dollars to play professional basketball. Million. Oh, what I say billion? Man, I was about to say mm-hmm. he paid one point five billion. Uh, I would go for him, but right, $1.4 million. I said billion like I was watching the Austin Powers or something lately, but a million dollars for a one-year contract. It was only a one-year contract that would allow him to fulfill the uh, – have to sit out one year or one year after my high school graduation, I will be able to play. Um, and he turned it down. Um, something very surprising to the people who are proponents for uh, players getting paid. Uh, This is a kind of a different situation than the Brandon Jennings situation with Brandon Jennings when he played overseas, but Brandon Jennings shocked himself. Um, You want to get get a quote from his dad, which once again, he has people in his corner that are looking out for him, said, uh, he didn't put much stock into the offer. He said, we politely said, thanks, but no thanks. He's going to college. So, two questions. Uh, is this going to start a, a new trend? And number two, what, you know, was it the right decision? I mean, it was right because it was a thing that they, I think they decided as a family union. And but I don't think this starts a a, tr- a trend because it's you have to look at this as a case by case. Um, this was a unique situation in which Kevin Knox, five star athlete from Tampa, so I, I kind of still have a small pulse on what's going on. Played at Tampa uh, Tampa Catholic, um, one of the premier a- uh, academic and ed- uh, athletic schools in the city of Tampa. So maybe for him, the money wasn't necessarily an issue. Yeah, probably his parents aren't millionaires, but they see the the cost opportunity cost of saying, okay, even if I go to college for a year, that puts me in a network, that puts me in an environment that sets me up for the rest of my life. Even if I then subsequently go to the NBA after my freshman year, get drafted, whatever, whatever. I still have a network if I choose Duke, if I choose Kentucky, if I choose, shoot, even Florida State as an in-state school that 
is just as valuable as that $1.4 million. And they probably had to consider his earning opportunity even without being an NBA player, just holding a high-level college degree far exceeds that $1.4 million. And I applaud them for considering everything, every situation at hand. That's, a lot of times that's what I just want these guys to be able to do. Just consider the facts. Consider all the information and know what you're making the decision on because I guarantee most of these young men come from environments and come from situations where they're not getting all the facts. They're going off of emotions. They're going off of that dangle, that that hollowed-out, gold-plated carrot. That's not really what it seems. Whereas if they, they, they paid attention to everything, okay, I stay for an extra year, this affords me this. If I go at this point, even if I make it to the NBA, my career is how long? Or for the NFL, for college football players, the average NFL career is maybe 3.5 years. That puts me at 25, 26. If I leave after my junior year or my redshirt sophomore year, I'm still well, I'm still considered a young adult. What am I going to do with my life? And that's one thing the Knox family considered. What happens, even if he goes to college for two years, three years, okay, I get hurt. Now I have something to still build on. I I may have to still go back to college, but I have a better foundation where him playing in China next year does what? So if he doesn't succeed in the NBA, but I got to go back to China because he's not going to be able to – now he has to – if he decides to go to college, now he has to put that entire bill for himself where some of these universities have programs that have opportunities where former players can come back and finish their degrees or they have money set aside that allows these guys to get their degrees. So they're still within that, that, that system of support that pushes for success. Yeah, I mean – I I applaud his, his his circle for making uh, the best decision for them. Hopefully, looking long term. Secondly, allowing him to still be a kid. I mean, the demands of being a professional athlete is totally different. I go from being in high school where I practice here and there, I can go to class, I can loaf, I can play, I can do the, all these other things. With you being paid to be a professional athlete especially in the foreign country, you got a lot of other demands that you may not have here. You may have sponsorships and other things that you're not getting paid for that you have to do as part of the film and being a part of the team, especially being an American. So uh, I think allowing him to be a kid, allowing him to go ahead and, and make the decision, because it's his decision, it's his life, allowing him to go ahead and do that it was really a, a, a good decision. Uh, if to me, I think this could start a trend. I don't think it's going to start a trend to the point where you'll have a two factions where you'll have one, one faction of uh, professional clubs and other countries coming over trying. I'm not going to say poach, but approach uh, and offer the top tier guys uh, contracts. Uh, I would probably see more so 
a Brandon Jennings type deal, especially for guys who don't qualify academically. It gives them another route. Once again, what is that route? What does that route look like? Um, it remains to be seen. I mean, but yeah, and that's why. I'm glad you mentioned the academic part because that's what exactly happened with Emmanuel Moore Day down here at uh, from Texas. He wanted to go. He was all set to go to SMU, and then there were some eligibility concerns because of him coming from uh, prime prep as far as classes not transferring over and all that stuff because his brother was, at the time that he was going through the process of figuring out his college decision, his brother was on the SMU team. So I think if nothing but for a year, he would have relished at the opportunity of playing with his brother and help the team that easily contend for a national championship because that's how good that team was and how much better that team would have been with him. But once they ruled him uh, ineligible, he figured, okay, where else am I? I'm not going to another school. I'm not going to a lesser program, so I might as well take this opportunity to go overseas and, and buy my time. Because you, and you have a couple other guys over there. Um, I think it's one guy over there right now that's playing overseas. That's a uh, – I'm going to figure out his name in one second. That's a current draft prospect. He went over there with no fanfare, no real acknowledgement, and now they're saying he may be a first-round draft pick or a fringe first-round draft pick. So, I mean, it works for some people. It doesn't for others. And, and once again – it just uh, the pair. I mean, the thing is, is I look at it from the student athlete that is not that top tier, and the perception that they may have of this being a viable option, especially if the academic qualifying doesn't take place, because. I would say, you no, know, there are probably just as many, but the perception is that there are more options for football players who don't qualify than for basketball. Because a lot of the places in basketball who don't qualify are obscure community colleges in the middle of nowhere. Right. So you look at these guys thinking that this is a viable option, and I've seen it. You know, kind of like how you see with guys who are going to be one and done after the first semester, they stop going to class because they know they're not coming back. If I know that I can't qualify for college and I'm going to, my, I, I'm a good enough player, I was getting offers off the table because of my grades, then now I'm preparing, sadly, potentially be trying to prepare to be and uh, picked up by a professional squad and I I just hope that this is the uh, exception and not the rule of professional clubs in other countries offering these options. Uh, Once again, I know college is not for everyone, but college athlete or athlete to play beyond high school, that's like the option that you have to take. Uh, But I could just see that being a disastrous outcome Kind of like what the high school de- declaration process was. Yeah. 
Now, uh, the player I was talking about is Terrence Ferguson. Um, he's from originally from Oklahoma, but he actually spent some time here in Dallas. And here goes that prime prep scandal again. He started playing there, but once the school closed, he ended up transferring to advanced preparatory, uh, had offers from Alabama, um, Arizona, actually committed to Arizona, but never signed the the letter of intent, ended up going to Australia and play this past season. Averaged 4.6 points per game, 1.2 rebounds, and 15 minutes a game. Um, so typical one of those form, like if he was a form-born player that was playing in one of the high leagues, I mean, he kind of fits that, that mold as far as the statistical, not putting up a lot of numbers, but because maybe the system is a lot more structured, he doesn't have the freedom. Six seven, one eighty five. So he's one of those. He's a small forward, two guard that has the opportunity to uh, make some headway headway at that position. And I think that's another thing that we didn't talk about earlier that I I give more credence to the big man declaring compared to undersized guards. Six a six foot guard is going to do what unless you're uh, unless you have the speed and the end end, the top end speed like a John Wall and handles like a Kyrie Irving, something like that. But if you are a traditional uh, slow tempo guard, that declare for you is not going to be the answer because they're going to look at you like uh, you can't help us and you're going to slide, you're going to slide probably out of the first round, probably out of the draft. But this is an opportunity, like I said, Ferguson is coming back stateside and looking at let me see. Uh, Draft Express that I refer to a lot of times for their mock drafts because they tend to give more in-depth video, more knowledge when it comes to it. They have him going 14th to the Chicago Bulls. So for him, it worked out. I mean, maybe it was an academic issue why he couldn't get into Arizona because of the whole issues with prime prep. But it worked out for him, and that's another guy that wasn't on that list earlier that I called out that's consideration that's considered. So that's one more spot that's gone that many of these early entrants may have been considering. And just while I'm looking at it, and I'll let you talk for a second while I come with the full number trying to figure out how many foreign born how many foreign born players are in the first round, it's gonna be interesting to see who who drops after seeing in who got misinformation. Yeah, it's and that's the thing, man. I mean, agents don't tell you what they think because they're going to get paid if you get drafted regardless. It's just about how much. Uh, and they're going to get paid anyway because they're going to front you a lot of money prior to the draft process. Right. Um, but I don't – I'm convinced you have to know to a certain extent as a player – where you fall. Am I in that top tier? Am I in that second tier? Or am I in that huge bowl, which is the third tier? Top tier is draft. I mean, uh, uh, lottery, automatic. If I can drop out of the lottery, it's because of the character thing. But talent-wise, I'm, I'm lottery. And the next tier is bottom of the first, early second. 
Anything else out of there? So that means they, that that's 45 people. I'm not even including people that's drafted in the second round because that can that can go between that second tier and third tier depending on the needs of the team. So you're looking at 45 spots where you have 60. And you say you had 60 underclassmen declared? Uh, let me see. Probably, yeah. Hold on. I'm a count, so but I, it's probably, Okay, yeah. so even if, let's use that number as a blanket number. If we had 60 underclassmen to declare, you meant, what they tell me, there's no international players and no upper, uh, for, uh, seniors are going to get drafted. We know that international players are going to get drafted. Now, when it comes to seniors, I would like to say yes, but a lot of the guys don't stay around that long. But you do have some guys that bloom later that stay around and and show their worth. But it's just, to this day, I mean, I used to say the same thing when it was the high schoolers. And now you take guys that at least got a semester of college under their belt two semesters if they finish out this semester and they're still not making the best decisions for themselves within uh, a level of high confidence. I count 46. 46. So that that leaves 17 spots. I mean, uh, not 17. Uh, You said 46? Four mm-hmm. change months. Yes, one, two. So, and there's still maybe more. And probably there's four or five more. international players. And so far, uh, one senior in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it. I mean, but once again, it's opportunity cost. Some people legitimately, this is my opportunity to assist my family to get out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this. It may sound like a backhand comment. Uh, I... I'm blessed to have not had to be in that situation where I had to go work to help support my family. But I'm not going to say it. I, I just think that, that that's the wrong motivation at the end of the day because I can I can we, we can sacrifice a little bit longer for a long-standing piece because that first contract right. is not the contract. It's the second contract. And hopefully that third contract, if you're good enough and you re-up or whatever the case may be, because you get that big money there, you think it's it's the most money you've ever seen. You run through it like wildfire, and then now where are you? You owing money and dealing with tax issues because that's what's going to come, because taxes come to houses, taxes come to cars, taxes come to all this stuff. So... It's just a situation. It's, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm having, I have my own family where I got kids, I have a daughter, I have a son that I have to take care of. 
that's different. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at, oh, I got to take care of mama, I got to take care of sister, I got to take care of grandma and cousin Pete and all of them, and it, it started, that number starts getting to the three, four, five. Uh, yeah, that's a bit much. And that's why, that's part of my big fear with handing over large sums of money. And yes, I guess it's not my place to determine what they need to do with it, but have, handing over large sums of money to college kids that extend beyond the college, the the, the, the basic needs and necessities for college. You, you cutting a check to a 19, 20-year-old for $1,000 at the beginning of the semester, and you're hoping that he does the right thing, but now you got hands out. Oh, whether it's the uncle that took you to football practice one summer, now he thinks he's entitled because, oh, he helped you get to that point. No, homie, you was just my ride. You ain't working no drills. You ain't do anything. You ain't... You didn't enhance my life. You just was a ride. Or that mom that's, this is the payday. This is the come up. Now we about to eat good because now you making more money than I make. So I need you to send some of that money home so our lights don't get cut off because I'm being irresponsible with my money or I didn't tricked off and did some stuff I don't have no business doing. And that's not a responsibility that you want. Uh, 18, 19, 20-year-olds to have to deal with. It's bad enough that they're going to have to deal with that if they're fortunate enough to make it to the NFL. But now you're telling me you really think nobody's going to be in their ear saying, hey, can you send some money home for this? I, I really need, we really need some milk. I do. You really hit me up for $100 so you can buy some milk? That type of bull crap. In addition to all the extra stuff on campus, the the leeches and the the, the opportunists and the, the creeps that are going to come out the woodwork then. So it's like, let these guys be kids. Give them what they need. And that's why part I really look forward to hopefully we have that conversation that you were talking about. Because there's a difference between providing stuff to cover their needs or covering their wants. Because every once as a college student that I, I remember, even as a, a regular student, wasn't satisfied, but my needs were. And that's the, that balance. It's always the balance in life in general. Balance of your wants and your needs. And, you know, majority of the time, your your needs take precedent. But, hey, my wants, hey, I'm, about to, I'm going on this trip. I'm going to make it happen. I'm worried about these bills. I, feel, I mean, it happens. To the best of us, so we're human, and you want to enjoy life. But the thing is that you want sustainability too. And I think at that young age, yeah, my goal and dream is to go to the NBA. Is my is my dream to go to the NBA because I want to be an NBA player or I want NBA money and be an NBA player? Which one comes first? Sometimes it's for the money. For the money, the thought process is and motivation is a little bit different, and you see people fizzle out. But yeah. once again, I hope all these all these guys land somewhere, if not in the NBA, D League, overseas, somewhere where they can go ahead. And if people after that mini camp, rookie mini camp, if they telling you that you're not getting drafted, go back to school. 
you feel well, you got some stuff you need to work on. <laughs> right. You at the end of the second, go back to school. Uh, and work on what they tell you to work on. That's the thing. They're at that professional level for a reason. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's watching these things, especially from my, my point of view now, being on the high school level, watching guys who have potential in multiple sports kind of step up and see that process happen. Uh, interesting. Seeing people who, hey, this is set up and, or you get a chance, hey, community college, this community college for football or basketball is your best option. Or this D1 school, this SEC school is your best option. All in the same breath. It's uh, it's just interesting to watch. And it also is also sad to watch too because you see dreams get shattered. Uh-huh. You know? uh, and then they kinda they're kinda like lost and stunned uh when they do. Um, but it happens. Yeah, I would have loved to play in the in the NBA, in MLB, but that wasn't that was like a far off dream. That was land of milk and honey dream, like I don't know how that's gonna happen because hell, I only played ten games a season. <laughs> you know, right? I knew, I, I, hey, I was good, but compared to you know people I was playing, I wasn't the best. But I was, yeah, hey, I, I felt I was in that second tier, and uh, but I knew it. You know, I'm gonna get drafted. I played against guys who got drafted, but it was just a different. Uh, it's just a different, totally different approach. It's a totally different thing. So, here's something, a topic we're going to talk about. It may bleed over to the past 930, but you, you and I were kind of talking about it before. We were talking about uh, the fandom and how much the fandom plays a part of what you do in your regular life, planning events around sporting events and things of that nature, I'll be the first to admit, much younger, I would say pretty much my entire 20s, everything was playing around sporting events that I want, that I that I would want to watch. Michigan games, I wouldn't do nothing in Michigan games. If I went out, if I, if I was going out of town, I had to make sure that I could be able to watch it then. And there was no streaming back then, folks. So I had to make right. sure I was able Oh, I would leave afterwards. Like, hey, hey, I'm leaving uh, after this game or whatever the case may be. Uh, I find myself as I get older with more responsibilities and more things to do, man, it's kind of touch and go. If I really want to watch the game, I DVR. Just like back in the day, I would hit that record on that VCR and do that. But when you do this, and we talked about this early off the air, and I had to go back and check. So we were talking about certain things because I've seen people plan things around, uh, especially football season, plan events, weddings, parties, other things around sporting events. Uh, went back to look back on my wedding day back in '09 and checked the Michigan schedule. And I and I'm I'm seriously thinking that in the planning process. When and you know when it comes to the planning, you told what the date is for the most part. Right. And I was told 
when I was told what the date was, I immediately went to the schedule and looked <laughs> and said, oh, I'm good, because we were playing Indiana. So I was like, oh, we good. And actually it was one of the better games, much closer games in the Indiana-Michigan series with Michigan only winning by three, 36-33. I want to say in getting ready, uh, I want to say I was watching it in the church. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I think we were watching it on that TV. It was on. I'm, I'm pretty confident we watched some of the game, but the game was like, you know, it was second thought. It wasn't the only thing. Now, I've been to other people's weddings, not that I was in, showing up streaming games where I got, <laughs> up, I got hoodwinked into going, uh, and it was a, a game that I wanted to watch or wanted to see. So, like, now, like, for the most part, unless it's a national championship game and those games are, are on Saturdays, I don't make those special, extra special plans to plan around those events because uh, I found myself in a lot of places during some important games or what I felt were important games, but, you know, the priorities change. What about you, Q? Now, before I get into mine, I, I give a backstory to where this conversation developed and came from. Uh, ESPN has a series called We the Fan, where they follow We the Fan Section 250 at Soldier Field, where they follow a group of maybe three different, three or four different types of Chicago Bear fans. And one of the uh, one of the sections is there was a couple that happened to get married happened to be getting married during game six of last year's World Series that involved the Chicago Cubs. So the conversation was, how okay, how are you going to handle that? And for that, I think, see, baseball and games that have series is kind of hard because you figure, okay, game one, which one is the more important, game one or game five or what? Because you don't know where things are going to kind of be, whereas football – you can kind of gauge, okay, Saturday, Sunday, this is who's, this is who they're going to be playing at this time well in advance. So they did not know, okay, when they picked that date that the Cubs were going to make the World Series. They figured the Cubs were going to be good. They had a chance. But this is an organization 100-plus years since their last championship. We can't bank on this. This is a good day for this, this, uh, this hall. We got everything we need. We're just going to ride out with it. So part of what I, I, I caught some of it, and there were fans. They ended up having TVs showing the game during the reception, which I have no problem with. I think if this would have been during the actual ceremony in the church, you would just have mm-hmm. to suck it up. And, and maybe for those who were just belligerent, like I'm going to watch the game, I'm going to have to follow it on my phone. But as far as people that, like you said, those actually in the wedding party, they're SOL. But reception, all bets are off. Um, for, for me, I had a couple of different situations. One, I was in the wedding of a real good friend during the Michigan-Michigan State game. This was six years ago. Um, actually, mm-hmm. no, seven years ago. 
because they got married. I got engaged during their uh, their their wedding during during the weekend of their wedding. So, and we took maybe a year and a half of planning. So they they just celebrated their six or seven year anniversary. So, got through the ceremony, no problem. Luckily, where their reception was, there was a bar, so we were kind of sneaking back and forth watching the game. Now, this is still during that period of time where the state was dominating Michigan, so the game got over quickly. So we ended up – I was able to go back and fully enjoy the rest of the party because it was an earlier reception. So I think this was like the 12 o'clock game, and they had like a brunch-type uh, reception. So we finished watching that. Everything worked out. Um, another situation, uh, this was – College football. Labor Day weekend, my, a couple of my wife's sorority sisters decided they're getting married. The first one was on a, I think this was on a Friday. No, the first wedding was the Saturday of the mm-hmm. Michigan-Alabama game. Made it through the ceremony. I did not even go to the reception. <laughs> I went because we stayed in the hotel that the reception was in. I went straight upstairs and watched the game. I mean, it ended up being – we know how the results ended up being, but I watched the game, and she ended up coming and telling me, like, where everybody was asking for you, but she understood. Well, I mean, at the time, she didn't she didn't put up too much of a fight, so she, she wasn't one of those, oh, you need to be down here. Because these were her people. Now, I think it would have been different if this was someone that I knew that was getting married or we had mutual, like, really knew mutually, so that's what kind of allowed me to get away with that. Now, as far as my own wedding, we got married in March, the first weekend of March, March 3rd. Uh, I will say this was during the conference tournament, so for the NCAA, so the TV was on, but at that time, the really, Big Ten Conference really hadn't gotten going yet, so that wasn't important. So we were just watching the game while we got ready for the wedding, but it wasn't anything important that kind of made us have to focus on the game. I actually got a couple of pictures with the TV on in the background. I think Duke was playing, so that shows how little attention we were paying to it. We were just enjoying each other and all that stuff. So I got lucky having a March wedding. Only thing that now kind of jacks up is uh, CIAA, which I used to attend in uh, Charlotte, kind of falls around that weekend. So that kind of puts the kibosh because we normally take anniversary trips during that time. So that excludes me to from going back to Charlotte to kick it for that. But it is what it is. So I was lucky, didn't have to deal with missing NFL games, a big NFL game, big college football game. Because I guarantee if it ever got to a situation where Lions playoffs, well, Sunday, I really haven't seen too many Sunday weddings, so I'm going to just keep it with college football. Uh, a big Michigan-Michigan State game, again, Michigan-Ohio State game, and both teams are good. We're going to have to – I love you. I'm going to have to just send you a gift and stay at home. Huh. I'll go, but just expect for me to be streaming. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on mute. Now, if I'm in the wedding, I may have to have uh, – my wireless in, my wireless speakers. I'll, <laughs> I'll invest in the, in the iPhone 7 so I can get them wireless speakers that I know I would lose immediately following the ceremony. 
Cause, but I would use it so I could at least listen to it, which I have done before. Unfortunately, I ain't even telling myself where I was, but I have listened to it <laughs> instead of watching it while I had a plan. But, you know, hey, we do what we do with sports. So let's turn a little flip-flop of some other things with sports and a question, a situation that brings up an age-old question. Uh, if you haven't heard it, folks, and I just happened to see it in passing. It seems, looks like Carmelo and Lala are Splitsville. The rumor has it that Carmelo has knocked up a stripper uh, and uh, Lala has had enough. Whoa. So, the question is, the age-old question is, uh, are all athletes cheaters? And is there a particular, is there a particular athlete that is worse than another? I'll let you go there. I Take mean, first I would like to say that the answer is no, because you have some guys out there that are. Um, just genuine and sincere and and loyal to the person that they're dating, to the person that they're married. Um, but I guess you also have to find out, and this is only can be answered within the, the context of their relationship, what constitutes cheating. Yeah, okay, having sex, uh, intimate contact, we know that's a no-no, but is flirting cheating is what what levels of it is involved and you would think okay at some point for some of these athletes this stuff gets old yeah having any woman that you want or having the 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 video vixen or the thought of the week at the club in the city that you traveling to is cool but I'm like dude and, and it's like, at what point does it become old? Does it become tired of having to play the hide and seek game? How to cover this stuff, cover your tracks, and all this stuff. And while I haven't experienced it to that level, and maybe it changes once you start getting zeros in your bank account and, and, and certain jewelry on around your neck, the caliber of women and the 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 the, the enticement from the women change, but, like, okay, at the end of the day, she still got the same amount of holes, the same amount of, I mean, it may grow in size, it may look different, but it's still the same. And is it worth it? And going back to the whole Carmelo thing, I think what really disappointed me in him was a comment that I hadn't heard when he initially said it, but with all everything coming out now, there's been more articles about their interactions. They will ask him about his marriage, and he will be like, oh, she's married, but I'm not in reference to Lala. What kind of crap is that? I'm like, if that's the case, then why did you get married? Why did you go through all this and take her down this road if you really did not want to be married, if you really – you could have just co-parent with her and went about let her do her thing, let you do your thing, and that was including being a man whore. Okay, 
And and it just seems like guys that are single don't seem to have these these crazy ex- escapades happen to them. Yeah, you have some, but I guess because they're not they're not attached to someone legally, they the stories aren't the same. But I'm like, dude, I, I'll refer back to the movie Paul Pass. The guys in the movie thought, okay, their marriage is. Things would be so different if I was single, if I had, if I could do this, I could do that. And then it's like once you step out there, you realize this crap is for the birds. And it's, it's a lot more risk that you take out there, i.e. bringing a someone and child into this world. And I think that's what really did it in for Lala because Melo's been cheating for a while. And if you don't, I'm like, you're foolish if you don't think he has been. But him bringing – Old girl getting pregnant was the was the deal breaker, and it's like, dude, how can you be so reckless? Whether it's Tim, whether it's Dwayne Wade, you're being reckless with reckless women. Like this ain't even high quality. Like if I'm if I'm gonna get caught cheating or I'm gonna have a baby, I'm gonna have a baby by a lawyer or somebody that's a professional woman that's bad because there are those women out there, but you dealing with. The, the flavor of the month thoughts on IG, nah, homie. But this goes back to my mindset of these athletes being, having just, they're, they're lame. They use their status and their their money to get women, not their charisma, not their style, because they've been used to people sweating. They don't have, they don't have, they don't have people skills. And it's like, yeah, you, you walk in the club and buy a chick to, buy the bar for a chick, well, you set the standard of what she's going to get from you, what she's expecting from you, and, and it's, it's all trouble. And if I trouble. was an athlete, if I was an entertainer, I'd be, I would be the supreme butthole. I would be the guy, they see me coming, oh, don't ask him for nothing, because he's going to cuss you out and embarrass you. Because you're going to have to be top-notch to even getting his, getting his VIP all this stuff. You being cute ain't enough. You having a big butt ain't enough. Mm-hmm. And, and you would think these athletes would carry more of this, I'm the catch. I got You got to do so much to attract my attention that it ain't, you're going to get tired chasing me. But you see too many of them falling for even average thoughts. I'm like, these ain't even the best looking thoughts. These are like D-list thoughts. If you're going to go, shoot high. But it's like because they're they're not used to that attention and or they're used to empty attention, they think it's all the same, and this is unfortunate. And we, we see it being a part of a Greek organization. It may, it may not be as to the levels, but it's like y'all, y'all are lame. <laughs> y'all are some lame people. Y'all think care, having letters, y'all think being in these circles make you important. Nah. You just important because you got that that crest on your chest. That's about it. And they they chasing that more so than they chasing you. And unfortunately, this young lady got what she was looking for. She got a a baby, which means eighteen years of child support at a large amount. So not only is the child taken care of, she's taken care of. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a tough situation uh, in that. I mean, of course, the reputation. Uh, athletes in general, the perception is because of the travel and the 
access and they're being high profile, even if you're not high profile, if you're the 12th man on the bench and you hanging with your teammates, you become high profile. <clears throat> That's the perception. And it's a, it's a catch 22. You just have to be, you know, do what you, what you would expect to be done on the other end. Uh, but yeah, that situ that that statement and I saw that too, with him saying that well she's married and I'm not, like that's a ballsy statement right there, and that's uh, that's some disrespectful uh, stuff right there, uh, to say the least. And I think, like you said, I think it just got to a point where she kind of just had enough. It was the final straw, and uh, it was a bad, you know, it was a bad dude on all parts. Uh, you know, you, you now you combine that with <clears throat> with the situation, the work situation going on in New York, where they don't see him in the future, where he's basically gonna get traded away to wherever. It's a, uh, a tumultuous time right now for, for Melo, but I mean that's that's life. You know, you have to you make your decisions and you have to deal with the repercussions that come come from it or come come with it. But uh, yeah, that it, it was a bizarre thing, and you know. Look out at, at the kids, and they see this. The kids old enough, uh, uh-huh. you know. They see stuff. That's that that that's something that is, you, you can't you can't go back. And it's gonna take a long time to repair the kids because you can't went from Superman to Lex Luthor in one day. Right. Uh, so it's tough. And uh, and the sad irony of it is, let Lala. I mean, we can use the whole, I think it's an actual situation that's happened, the whole T.I., Tiny, and Mayweather. T.I. Mm-hmm. got in his feelings over a picture and speculation of Tiny messing around with Mayweather. But he has, T.I. has a history of being a dirtbag when it comes to women. But now he wants to, it's just funny, guys can do whatever they want, but let their girl do a tenth of what they do, and it's like, oh, it's over. My, my you, you don't do me like that. Uh, you've been doing me like this times ten, all our relationships. So you just expected me to just stand by idly while you had you embarrassed me, but I, I wasn't supposed to just find my own type of peace in mind. And it's 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 the hypocrisy of these athletes and show of these athletes entertainers, and it shows how fragile their egos are. Because let us have found out that Lala had a, a situation. Melo would be all over the news talking about, oh, I want a divorce. I do. Oh, now you want a divorce. But you can't you can't change a player's game in the ninth inning. And, and what's good for you, is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. Excuse me. It, it'll be interesting how this plays. I hopefully it doesn't get ugly uh, in the in the uh, just as everything plays itself out, and that's for the kids because they the ones who have to deal with it more so anybody else. But let's talk about right. something else. A, contra- a, a polarizing, controversial player made some statements that you may not think. It came from him, and how it's being received is maybe a mixed bag. So, 
uh, Dez Bryant went to Instagram, and, and I'll read his statement. Uh, well, pretty much most of it. Some of it got cut off. So it basically said, I've been racially profiled on numerous occasions, but not once has it influenced an ill feeling inside me about anyone outside of that issue. Real slavery is different from what's going on in our world now. We all, every ethnicity, have the opportunity to lead by example instead of making videos about the history of racism to that get applause or people, oh, excuse me, <coughs> or people with influence merely doing things to post <coughs> for social media. We should focus on individual accountability to be better as a whole. I agree with that statement 100%. Um, but is that message lost by the messenger because of who it's coming from? Of course. Because this is a this is a man that without the the opportunity of having a certain skill set with an oblong shaped ball, he could be, God knows where he would be. I mean, he came from a situation where his mom was a crackhead. His family upbringing was not the most, wasn't Mayberry, wasn't Leave it to Beaver, wasn't the America that he's talking about. So he could have easily have become that victim that, Eric Garner, that uh, Mike Brown, that Trayvon Martin, even with him being a football athlete, being a football player as a high school player, even going to uh, Oklahoma State. So for him to now all of a sudden forget where he came from, forget the blessings that he's endured to fight dude, you you can't. It's just it's frustrating. And Jamil Hill had a great thing to say in response. Because uh, first she started off like, okay, I'm not going to be that person to tell him to stick to sports because we hate when people say that. And he's entitled to his opinion, right, wrong, or indifferent. But consider your upbringing. Consider your source. And this is what she said. The problem with to pull yourself up by the bootstrap speeches is that people of color color oftentimes do not have boots. And if they do, the straps are frayed, not the right length, or never came in the box to begin with. Dez, you have an amazing testimony, but lucky for you, you didn't need boots because you had cleats. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. I believe, I mean, I think the, the best thing that comes out of it is as it it begins another round of the the necessary narrative that needs to be discussed uh, as what is the agenda of 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 African Americans. Um, so much every time, and to me, it just feels like every time that discussion comes up, people try to dismiss it and say, "Well, we don't need a." A narrative for our race. We need a race uh, narrative as Americans, and I don't agree with that. I agree I think that you need both, because the the plight of 
all Americans is not necessarily the plight of African Americans or Latino Americans or Caucasian Americans or Native Americans or any other uh-huh. ethnicity that, that lives in the United States. Um, but I want to do this because I really want to do this. And I'll I tell you one thing, dude. One thing that probably has been one of the best days for TV and the best thing as far as the black narrative being pushed via the media is Shannon Sharp going to FSU uh-huh. one, Bayless. I'm going to play his, 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 his response to Dez because he came from, from, uh, uh, from humble upbringings, from living in a house with a literally dirt floor. I'm going to play his, his response and then we can kind of go from there because I want, I want our listeners to be able to, to hear this. It's, it's, it's only a minute and some change. Let me see why you wait for that to load. This is something that also, because I found a site that has a couple of different comments. Chris Broussard, while on Fox Speak for Yourself, said this. I don't think you have to pick Kaepernick versus Bryant. This is what happens on TV. The only side the only side people want to focus on is the system and the obstacles in our path, and they just berate them and don't talk about black responsibility. The other side just focuses on what black people do and don't want anything to say what's wrong, what's wrong with the system. And it's kind of like what you just said. There's there's accountability, but then there's also that, that realization that there's a, a system that wasn't intended for us. So no matter where you proceed up that ladder of corporate America of success, like you're still, at the end of the day, and excuse my language, you're still a nigga. And depending on where you go and who you interact with, you have to conduct yourself and whether you're the the owner of a successful business or that young man that's out kicking it for a night of fun. So it's like both of these guys are lumped into the same situation despite who what they've accomplished in life. And it's just it's scary that you have to live that way, but... It is what it is, and I think that's what Dez forgets. Like, you don't, there's this, we can't take this this color off. We can't decide, oh, I don't want to be black because I'm a millionaire now. Nah, they don't, it's a bigger target on you now for other reasons, and you just have to be aware, and you have to just make sure that you also let your 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 peers, let your those that look up to you know, okay, you have a responsibility to still do the right thing as a person, as a black person, but don't be naive.
Hello? Yeah. Hello?